This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1. Hi, I am Rachel. I am allergic to bananas. My go-to karaoke song is Africa by Toto, and I have adult-onset acne. Hey, everybody. My name is Janelle. I am a German speaker, trail runner, and dairy makes me gassy. We are your hosts of the True North Collective podcast. I literally came up with a massive list. I I didn't want to do adult onset acne with anyone else except you. So (laughs) that's true. I should get get all the bad ones out. (laughs) Oh my god, it's just so stupid. Just love it so much. (laughs) I am a German speaker. (laughs) I kind of just want to do you really awkward. You succeeded. <laughs> hey, oh my god. I have so many good ones. Can't wait to bust those out. Just all I know. very I know. Like, it's WTF. Weird you, it's weird when you like I started making the list and I was like, I am way more interesting than this. Like what <laughs> And then I'm like, Dylan, what makes me interesting? And he's like, I don't know. And then I'm like, Oh my god. I was like, Okay, I like to go to the movies by myself and then he's <laughs> He's like, no, I, there's something way weirder. And I was like, and so he told he, we had it right. I'm not going to say it because I want to say it for a future one, but oh, it's, it's good. It's <laughs> okay. Mine are really like weird and super, good. super Perfect. random. But it's fine. There's like a few that are inspiring. Yeah. Let's just go. Just, we're going to do this fucking thing. Just yeah. go. Just ready. Hold my beer. Oh my. Is that your beer? <laughs> <laughs> no. A Celsius energy drink. <laughs> it's kind of fun to like be like, what are the weirdo things about me? It is. And it's like I find them more when I'm not doing anything. So <laughs> that is true. Speaking of which, can we start? I don't know how far you are in the light is the new black, but ten. What? Page ten. Oh, page ten. So not very far. <laughs> I feel know. like. There's a super fun quote that made you made me think of you. It's like a Dr. Seuss quote, of course, and it's like we all are a little weird and life is a little weird. And when we find someone's weirdness who's compatible with our own and you light up and just fall into a mutual weirdness, we call it love. Yeah. I've I've quote. seen that one before. I love that one. Yeah. I love that she has like a whole section on weirdo weirdness. Mm-hmm. I was like all right, I'm into it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually rereading Untethered Soul right now, um, which has been fun because I read it back when I lived in Minnesota before I even moved to Canada or anything. And it's interesting to see the things that I underlined back then because I'm like, that is what I would have underlined now, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you didn't know any of that crap. <laughs> how are yeah. you? How were you so insightful to underline that line? Did you even realize what you were underlining? That's um, funny. Yeah, it's been cool to, like, after going through all these trainings and stuff and feeling like I have a really strong point of view in terms of, you know, soul searching and journeying, um, to then go back and 
see where I was. I don't know how long ago that was, like six years or something. Probably longer, actually. Yeah, that's cool. fun. That's super fun. Well, welcome to season two, Rachel. Yeah, thank you. This is like, I was pretty rad. <laughs> I was really overwhelmed. I was like, oh god, I'm gonna be bad at this. I for, I'm gonna forget how to talk. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then this morning, and I was like, oh, God, I have to do it on a Sunday morning. And it's da 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 And <clears throat> I woke up this morning, and Dylan's like, I'm like, Dylan, you got to get out of here. I got my podcast. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll go to a coffee shop. You're really amped up. And I was like, I'm excited. Good. It's really, like, I forgot how much joy this podcast brings to my life. Know, it's, it's really fun. fun. So I'm really excited to be here. I feel very grateful and honored that I get to be connected to you and be working on this project, and it's fun. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. I'm, like, really excited, too. I mean, I feel like we have a few things I know we're going to talk about today, but just to even, like, tease out, I've been doing the prep calls for some of our guests this season. And I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, there are some really cool people, which you actually, you know quite a few of them personally, which you can speak to probably a little bit more. But um, we have a few guests that, one that we know from Milwaukee, who was a colleague and also business owner, talking about her switch in mindset from owning a business and kind of um, being, I, I think it's okay to use these words because I heard her use them for, about herself, but like more of a type A personality and how she changed her mindset in order to take care of herself and closed her business. So that's going to be really cool. Um, Joshua is an astrologist and I think there's more to his name. Do you know if I feel like I'm butchering this one, Rachel, but do you know? What? I don't know. He's. I feel like he's an astrologist, but there's more to his title. I'll get it. Oh, I'm. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what his title is, but I know his background is in Kabbalah um, tradition, and um, that utilizes a lot of um, astrology and its teachings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Joshua, I'm just excited for him to potentially validate a lot of things that I think in my head. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk to him too, just because I know in previous I've talked about like, you know, being really thoughtful about discerning the information that is given to us that is like, on this day you were born, here's your predetermined way of being. And I feel like that can sometimes be a cop out. Mm -hmm. But in the last year, I've been really playing with how that can be helpful, you know, that it's not bad. And not having it is not better. It's just they serve different purposes. And so I think it's when we have the ability to gather information based on these, you know, subtleties that potentially exist, like numerology or astrology, or there's a new thing called human design, being able to have that anchor to just a starting place almost feels really cool. And even a check-in place, like, you know, I've been doing this stuff for a while and to have a new set of information to, just digest and then utilize discernment and see what it feels like. I, I'm really excited to see what he brings to the table because I feel like I've been a lot more open to those things um, than I was before 
because I have applied that discernment element to it. So, so yeah. That's why you're here. I'm like, I just want validation. And you're like, here's all these things we can learn. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I for sure think do it the way that feels right for you. Like, I think at some point in my life I needed the, like, tell me who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that was really, again, that was really helpful to at least have some pants to put on. And then at a certain point it felt more true for me to be able to look at the pants and decide if they still fit right. So that is true. Yeah. I feel like the pants are on, but I want someone to be like, yeah, those pants are good fit for you. (laughs) Oh yeah. I found the pants I've selected. I'm just like (laughs) confirm this style is right for my body type. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's cool. Like once you start asking a plethora of people, you start to notice that like, all of their trend or all of their answers are different. And, you know, maybe there's a trend across them, but at the end of the day, maybe it doesn't really matter what they think. How do you feel in those pants, Janelle? That's true. I feel pretty damn good. Yeah. These pants are fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh Dude, I just miss this so much. Oh, I do too. Once we start doing it, I'm like, how am I not just constantly recording a podcast? No, I think we need to, though. I feel like everybody should do it because there's so like, many find that, things. Yeah, find that person you like having a conversation with and just start recording it. It's like it forces me to be super present to the conversation and slow down enough to answer the question from a heartfelt place. I don't know. It works for me. It does for me, too. I agree. Cool. And then we also have Chelsea. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like you can speak to her yeah. a little bit better than I would be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea's this rad human that I met in Dallas. She opened the first meditation studio in Los Angeles, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so before the den, before all the places, she was kind of a pioneer. And but was originally from Dallas. So long story short, she's now here. She's opening up another studio here and I'm going through her meditation teacher training. Um, she's just has a really cool story of embracing where she is and learning how to be self-aware and, and then basically just know having this inner knowing of what she's supposed to do and just going for it and like not letting anything hold herself back. When I first met her, we went to coffee. I do this thing where I, I like Rachel Bellotti people and I like <laughs> cut Such through all the bullshit. <laughs> and she was the first person who Rachel bellotti me. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> that's what that's like. Um, yeah. But she was the one who helped like basically in one coffee sitting, um, unstuck. My coaching business was birthed. So I can give her a big old pat on the back for that being a thing. That's awesome. That's super cool. Yeah. And then we also have Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. um, Just he started this business that is in the CBD oil industry, which is kind of new and fringy. I guess it's not really that fringe anymore, but it still is kind of on the edge. And um, his reason for getting into it is a really fascinating story. Um, And just I, I work with him pretty closely. We talk a lot about entrepreneurship and the ups and downs of it and how glamorous it can seem from the outside, but behind closed doors, you're just like busting your ass and you're like, I don't want to give up because I'm really passionate about this, but this shit is hard work. So um, 
yeah, he's just a super down to earth guy who will, I think, bring a lot of insight in terms of just taking the small steps. It's like, well, no one else is going to do it. Why can't I? I don't know. It's he's just a cool dude. So yeah, yeah. So that's just mm-hmm. a little teaser. That's a, the prep calls that we've done so far, but there'll be yeah. plenty of other guests coming on in season two. This season will yeah. be a little bit different for us because last time we did this, we recorded our first episode at the end. So we knew all the content and now we're actually going to be just slowly releasing every single episode. Um, probably, I don't know. I don't want to put a time limit on it. Anymore, I know. But <laughs> in increments, yeah. <laughs> some undeclared increment uh, versus trying to release them all at the same time, which will be fun for us. Yeah. I think for me, my, my big, like going into season two, I was like, I loved in season one, how we talked about how people found their true North and got connected with it. And I'm super curious to talk to people about how they sustain and maintain that. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> for myself, I feel like I was right along with everyone in season one being like, Oh, yeah, like, this is me and this isn't and this feels true and this is my experience and this is how in the moment I can start to become more aware of whether or not I'm I'm, you know, in my authenticity or not and then to- as we wrapped up I was like, okay, and then what happens once you're there? Yeah. And then life still happens and I'm still human with all of it and it still requires a practice to keep showing up authentically and that shifts over time. So what does that look like when you're sustaining that? So, yeah, I agree. I love that. And I think I've actually been talking to a lot of our guests and kind of planting that seed too, as far as like, Hey, when you get to your true North, like how the fuck do you stay there? Yeah, (laughs) totally. Lack of a better word. Cause that's how I feel. Well, you and I were talking about this and I know, well, I have plenty more conversations, but it's so funny, like for me personally, since our last podcast, cause it's been a while since we recorded, I had like this month in December where I feel like everything just came together for me. Like did, okay. Did you ever play the Sims when you were little? Remember no, that? but no. <laughs> no, Rachel, Rachel, well, anyone who played the Sims, you'll be able to relate to this one. But it was, like, that moment in The Sims when your character, like, had all of their little, like, wellness bars green and they, like, accomplished the thing. And then their little, like, icon that hovers above their head, it was, like, glowing gold or, like, silver. I don't remember what it was. Rather than, like, normally it changes colors because they had, like, accomplished life pretty much. Which then, like, there's no point in playing with that Sim because they're done. But I felt like that. And then I just, like, I knew, I mean, maybe I psyched myself out, but I had this, like, December where I could just, like, feel all this, like, energy coming out of me, and I was just, like, it was like I was floating everywhere. I don't even know why, like, just really good headspace, and then it, like, crashed, and then I was, like, now I'm sitting here, and I'm, like, what? What happened? (laughs) Why did this happen? (laughs) How do I get back there? And that's so true, where you're like, what is, how do you get there and then lose it? Yeah. Well, and, and when I, the more that I talk to people who are, who have been doing life longer than me, they're like, oh yeah, there is no silver bullet, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that. And it's like, you feel like you go through these big sweeping, like, oh my gosh, I'm on the other end of this thing. And then 
you know, the cycle of life exists. It's there. Mm-hmm. That's why the, you know, the sun, the moon, the yin, the yang, all these, um, you know, not flowers can't be in bloom always. And so, you know, remembering that there is the up and down, but then in that, what, what is that experience in knowing that that's the reality of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Do we want so, to talk about intention setting? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I've, I'm like proud of us for in, in the cycle of life and in the ups and downs, like we have managed to maintain always starting off, maybe not like the beginning of the year because it doesn't have to be then, but just getting reconnected to our intention. And so going into this, um, I was going to say season, (laughs) (laughs) I guess season, um, going into this year, we, we did that exercise again. And it's been funny for me I'm curious to hear how it's been for you since it's been about three or four months. Um, Cause I think we did it in December to like set us our, set ourselves up for the year. Um, my word when we did that was unleashed and what happened the next three months was like literally all the things that I said I wanted to do in 2019 happened immediately. Like all the goals <laughs> that I set, they all, I was like, okay, all right, well, well okay, unleashed everything it. unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Like, um, and it was amazing. And the, you know, I ended up doing another similar intention setting exercise about um, a few weeks ago with um, a, a big team here. And I like to do them along right along with people as much as I can. Any of the workshops that I do, I think it creates like a fruitful conversation because I'm in it. And what happened is unleashed is no longer my intention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I so, I, yeah, so I still am like, I love the essence of it. And I actually evolved my intention to essential. And so now it's unleashing what's essential and using essential to really cull down what's absolutely important, what's absolutely ready, what's absolutely necessary for me right now. Um, And it was cool for me to have the reminder that, again, it's like if we do these intention things at the beginning of the year or New Year's resolutions and life happens and we're allowed to adjust, like we don't have to be a slave to things. And like Unleashed was perfect for me until it wasn't. And then it was perfectly, I was able to, to see essential and have essential kind of be my guiding light right now. So, so yeah, how has yours been? It's been, it's been pretty good. Um, I, I think I like need to revisit mine too, just because I've been like 2019 has been like a weird headspace. I like finished 2018 really high. And then I feel like 2019 has just been, and we've talked about this, but like sitting in just like a lot of discomfort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think my intentions still work in that. Um, but like, I feel like I've realized a lot about myself in the last three three months one that I like to like run which like mm-hmm. run away from things like and I just oh. like I'm such like a quick <laughs> quick yeah not like run outside I mean that's okay too but I was like that's new <laughs> <laughs> yeah I so said that is new um no but like just like I'm such a quick paced person so I feel like when something doesn't sit well with me or I don't like it it's also really easy for me rather than just like sitting there and taking a breath and being like hey uh 
this is uncomfortable. I'm just like, all right, let's move on to something else that feels better. Bye. <laughs> um, so I feel like I've been like getting good about that. And then I feel like what I originally said, this connects to my intention because I guess my original intention, not one nice word, but it was to constantly be quote unquote feeling myself as in like showing up in an authentic way and like being confident and and who I am, um, which is still true, but I think I found a better word for that. And <laughs> and then the other half of it was to just give less fucks in the sense yeah. that, like, stop caring about what other people think or, like, stop trying to just – we talked about this in season one, but I do have a lot of, a lot of game play – replay? Is that what you called it? I think you called oh, it. Oh, game tape review? Yeah, game tape review. That's what it is. And just, like, giving less fucks, like, internally about – things I've done in the past or even just like from external but I think with that I've like started to play with the term of just like permission like how do mm-hmm. I how do I give myself permission to do what I want to do or to be who I am or whatever that may be just like because I think sometimes I can get so in my head that I'll like hold back parts of me that some people might see as a negative, but they're actually my gifts and Mm. like giving myself permission to show those to the world and just be like, this is like, no, this is me. This is who I am. Like, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. I know those things and I'm going to show up and, and do the thing or be me regardless of whatever it may be. So I feel like that sort of like turned from, I mean, we laugh. I do like those sayings because they're angsty and fun, but <laughs> into a more <laughs> adult intention of like, how do you just constantly give yourself permission for whatever it is to show up in the moment, to be yourself, to show your gifts to the world and, and not hold back just because of whatever fear or external force might like be deterring me from, from actually showing up. Yeah, I love that. And I think it's cool that you actually were like, this year started out, has started out, you know, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I heard Rocky. And um, that really, then the next thing out of your mouth was, and and I've learned a lot about myself. (laughs) So, you know, there is, like you can, you know that this time has a benefit to you, has gifts to show Mm -hmm. you is giving you the chance to see different sides of yourself and, and in like you being able to give yourself permission, it's like, it almost feels like you are empowering yourself in the quote unquote down times of the cycle Mm -hmm. of life to, um, still have permission to experience that the way you want. So it almost feels like an empowered quote unquote downtime. I don't like calling quiet times or times of reflection or times of angst bad because I really do even though they're uncomfortable and even myself I prefer being on the top of the mountain Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that I gain so much from sliding down or climbing up or being right at the bottom of the valley so that is true I feel like I learned a lot more in the last three months than I did in that one month where I was just like (laughs) but damn did it feel good and like you'll get back there again right and Again, it's like having – I hear you using permission to feel really empowered in this time, mm-hmm. and I love that. So it's a good reminder for me too. So thank you. Of course. Now, mm-hmm. I feel like you'd be a good person to ask this too. 
I feel like we like to talk about intention setting and I don't know if we've ever really talked about it on the podcast, but like intention setting and how it's different from goal setting. Maybe Mm -hmm. you can just pick up on it based off this conversation. But like if someone's listening to this and they're like, that sounds cool. I want to get an intention versus a goal. Like how, how would you recommend they go about doing that? Yeah. And, um, I mean, for sure, this is just my interpretation based on my experience and how I speak to it. Uh, goal setting to me is really specific. So it would be a specific time at a specific date. Either you're continually doing something or, or there is a, a, a quote unquote finish line that you cross um, or date that you like could check a box that you have done the thing. And so goal setting to me provides a direction with which to move and something move towards and something to go after. Uh, The intention behind it or your intention is more about who you're being. And so goals are kind of a specific form and intention is almost the essence of who you want to be while you're doing these things. And so what that allows for is the ability to when life happens And maybe there are certain aspects of the goal that can't be achieved because life has happened. You are still connected to your why or your intention of like what you are trying to project your life to be who you're trying to be as a projection into that into that life that you're creating. And that can still exist. Um, So underneath permission, you might have, um, I don't know, a, a handful of goals, you know, completing the Ragnar sub certain amount of time or, um, you know, traveling to a certain number of states this year so that you're going to the same number of states as countries, you know, um, and the intention behind it is who you want to be. So I'm going to give myself permission to do these things. And when I start getting lost in the goal of what it is that I'm trying to accomplish that finite thing, um, remembering, I had an intention of permission this year. So what do I need to give myself permission to do right now so that I can continue to complete this goal? Or maybe it's permission to change the goal. And so they kind of, um, they work together. It's a dance of um, almost being versus doing uh, or being and doing uh, so that we're not just a slave to this like desired expected outcome And we can use that outcome to move us while also staying connected to our intention of who we want to be along the way. So that's how I speak to it. In terms of actually being able to do it, um, there are meditations that you can do to connect yourself. I like intention setting to boil down to one word because that in my life, I get really distracted and bored. (laughs) And so the one word is an easy anchor for me to come back to. And it's not like a long phrase or something that I can forget really easily. And so there are workshops that you can do. There are, like I said, meditations that you can do. And it's really about uh, connecting to, I like to use the previous year and paying attention to you know, what did the high highs feel like and what did the low lows feel like and um, who were you being in each and what felt like was missing and what could you have used to be able to show up the way you wanted to? Who would you have wanted to be that you didn't? Who did you be that you want to continue? And it's a combination of 
paying attention to those things that can then intuitively you'll start to resonate with a word or a few words that embody where you want to go for the next six months or year. Um, and then eventually whittling it down to one. And then as Janelle and I mentioned, it's like knowing that it can ebb and flow and, you know, your word, you might've set an intention for a year and it, you know, it lived its life for three months and then it's time for it to be something else. So again, not being too much of a slave to it, but allowing it to guide, um, and just be a check-in point. Yeah. yeah. I love the, how fluid it is. You and I have talked about this, but like I was always a goal person <laughs> and I'm such like, I know this in my personality. Like I like to accomplish things and that makes me feel really good. And when I don't accomplish something, like it can actually make me feel really bad. Yeah. Even, even though like that goal, sometimes like things change and it might not even make sense to try to accomplish that goal. Like I'm not getting what I want out of it, but then there's this level of like, well, I committed, I said I was going to do this, so I'm going to do it. And if you fall short, like it just leaves sort of this bad taste in your mouth. And I feel like intention setting is like such a good way to be more present and have like mini wins throughout, like while you're chasing this bigger goal, it's like, well, I don't know. I always use from the fitness background, like if you wanted to lose like 20 pounds in 2019, because I feel like that's always like someone's goal, you know, there's like a large majority of people that want to lose weight in the new year. And like, rather than like chasing this thing that's on the horizon, how can you, like, maybe you want to lose 20 pounds because you want to feel more confident. Like that's actually the essence of this goal. So how can you take little steps every single day to feel more confident? Like maybe it's you decide not to eat a donut at work and you're more confident in your ability to make better decisions that'll make you healthy. I won't even say better, just decisions because you can eat a donut and it can be fantastic. <laughs> I actually really don't like donuts. That's a whole other story. But, <laughs> but you know, like, but in that moment, that was a healthier decision for you and it might make you feel more confident or you can buy a new dress and you'll feel more confident, whatever it is. So you can make like smaller wins along the way. And then let's say you only lose 18 pounds. So you didn't actually hit your goal, but still after practicing that all the way through after whatever six months a year like you actually feel more confident so it's a win so that's what I always like to compare it to because I feel like it's an easy goal that a lot of people have maybe at some point in their life wanted in some shape or form and and it's really more about like how do you want to feel along the way yeah it's I watched this documentary heal and in it they compare western well they don't compare they are talking about western healing versus eastern healing in a really integrated way and it's the first time I've ever watched a documentary where they weren't demonizing one side or the other Mm -hmm. they were just acknowledging that each side has a role to play and when we over compensate on one side or the other that there's an imbalance and and so Western medicine is really great when you have like intense trauma, like your leg just got cut off or, you know, you're having this, you have this crazy disease that like is running rampant. And so there is a, a for sure a place for Western medicine and Western healing. And then coupling that with Eastern 
Eastern philosophies and traditions, which are a little bit more esoteric and energetic, those are a little bit more of like, okay, how do you sustain once the body is in a place of um, maintaining and sustaining? What do you do in that place? Because you're not always, you don't actually need to just go to the doctor every single time. Like me, I'm having adult onset acne. It totally fucking sucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's like, I can, my body is telling me something there. And so our Western worlds would probably be like, go to the dermatologist, get, I don't know, an injection and a topical or an oral something to just get rid of the symptom and so that you can move on. And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, totally, because it's embarrassing. And at the same time, my body's telling me something right now. Like it's, it's, this is a response to something. And so is it something that I'm eating? Is it something that I'm, um, is it stress related? Is it, you know, hormonally related? And so, um, I'm going down a bit of a tangent rabbit hole here, but my point being that, (laughs) that, um, you know, in the Eastern world, they believe that, you know, everything is energy. And so I've been playing a little bit with how do I learn about myself through this experience? And so both philosophies have a place to coexist and have strengths and weaknesses in in terms of how you use them and can be good, quote unquote, good or bad if you use them to their extremes. And similarly with goals and intentions, I feel like goal setting has really swung the pendulum to only being about the form and, you know, it has to look this way. Here is the specific outcome. And if you don't achieve it, then you're a failure. Mm -hmm. And if you can couple it with intention setting, which for me is a lot more um, fluid. I love that word that you used. It's a bit more, uh, you know, the being aspect of the goal. It's how you show up each day, the why behind it, the essence of that form. Now you have something to play with a little bit so that to your point, you know, maybe you're not in a place, maybe your body isn't supposed to lose the 50 pounds, you know, maybe it's best place is 20. And now you're not going to be able to experience the benefits of that just because the number you wrote down was 50 out of thin air, you know, and so the intention gives you the space to be able to, to dance a little bit with that, with that goal. So I love that. Yes, this is like been so impactful for me. Just intention yeah. setting versus goal setting. Same, same with me. It's been huge just to show up in like such a better, better way. Like even if I look at 2018, we did intention setting at the beginning of the year, and I don't like. I feel like I probably had goals. I don't mm-hmm. remember what my goals were, but I do remember what my intention was, and like I lived up to my intention, and I feel really good about that. <laughs> Whereas like my goals, I'm like, oh, I don't really remember what they yeah. were, and or if I met them, but I do know. I lived up to my intention. That's and even cool. if I didn't, I could have changed it, but I did. So I'm yeah, like patting myself really on the back cool. for that. And it feels a little bit more just like, I mean, because with an intention to it's sort of like if you just are mindful and keep coming back to it, like you're pretty much going to like, quote unquote, accomplish it in theory. Because that's the mm-hmm. point is just that you're mindful about it. <laughs> yeah. Feels well, like an easy win. Yeah. It's cool too, because um, okay, I'm just going to invite you to play with this now too. Sure. So, <laughs> um, intention setting as like a big picture, dr- like driver, awesome. And then you can even start to play it, pay attention to 
um, your intention behind your motivations of each thing that you do. So like when you do certain things and it doesn't feel great, ultimately you can retroactively be like, what was actually my intention in that interaction? And so on like a minute to minute, day to day standpoint, paying attention to your intention with each experience that you have is also another way of just being able to tell like how you're projecting out your life. It's really fascinating. I play with this all the time, especially when I'm like in a fight with people that I like, or Mm -hmm. I'm like in a tiff. I will not engage until I am connected with an intention of being able to come from a place of like on honoring myself and being able to honor them. And so I can tell when like, oh, my intention right now is to totally just prove my point. <laughs> like, <laughs> My intention right now is just to be like, I really just want them to love me right now. Mm-hmm. And so until I can get to a place where I'm like, okay, I want I can honor my experience without dishonoring them. Um, I've been playing with that intention when I have like tiffs with people. So anyways. I love that because both of yeah. those I really align with. I'm like, how do I make sure that I'm right? And please <laughs> love me. Okay, thanks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But You're very so human. Beautiful humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so speaking of being loved, uh. something I really wanted to talk about because I've been having a lot of conversations is making friends as an adult. <laughs> Specifically, I mean, we both just moved to newer, new cities, newish, I guess. We've been here for a while, but, um, and it, I feel like it's been really eye opening. Like, I've always thought about this, but I've never put a lot of energy into it. And now that, like, I have a little bit more free time, I have more energy to expend into the world, and I'm in this new place trying to make friends and, and succeeding. Um, but, like, it's been so interesting to me. Like, why are we so fucking weird when it comes to making friends as an adult? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it, it, it is really interesting because like when you are in college and I'm very long time since I've been in college at this point, but you know, it's like you're served these thousands. I went to a big 10 school. So it's like, you're served these thousands of people. Literally every time I went anywhere, I would meet like 50 new people. And statistically speaking, one of them would potentially resonate enough to like hang out with in some capacity. And then you go into the, the adult world and there's, I mean, yes, you're surrounded by people, but you're not in that microcosm of just like social, like socialness. I mean, mm-hmm. for la- I mean, that's really what college is. I mean, you're learning, but you're on your own for the first time. And like social connection is like such a huge part of it. And you go into the real world and everybody's just like, Oh my God, what's happening? Like, mm-hmm. And trying to figure out like you don't, you're not constantly surrounded by people who are just trying to learn and connect you're surrounded by people who are trying to like make it and figure out what the fuck it is that's going on. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I've lived in enough places now where I usually, I can't remember if we talked about this last season or not, but I'll usually be like the first group of friends in any place that I go to. I'll just assume that they're probably not going to be my forever friends. It's just always how it has been. Mm-hmm. Not that they're not amazing or I don't like you know, enjoy them. It's just for whatever reason, I've always found that the first set of friends that I gravitate towards is not the ones that I end up 
ultimately being great friends with. And so then once I moved through that first like set, if you will, (laughs) then I start to, I don't know what, maybe it's me. Maybe I just need to like warm up to being social or something. I don't know. Or like, I'm, I'm just so, I feel so alone that I'm just like anyone, anyone who will talk to me. And then I realize like, not anyone. <laughs> like, I want to be a little bit more. <laughs> take it, take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not just because they're, you know, there's something wrong with them, but also because I wasn't necessarily connected to myself fully in that first round of engagements. And I was really, my intention was just to like, just have somebody be around me, you know, and, and then I give myself the space to, go a little bit deeper and to be like, okay, I'm, I'm safe. I'm in this new place. I know where the grocery store is. I'm, there are tons of people here, or even if there was like a handful, I can trust that I am going to connect with somebody that resonates with my weirdness. Um, and then it starts to shift from there for me. Yeah. I love that. It is. It's just like, so I think we also, we get like almost shameful about wanting friends or like feeling like we don't have friends. Like it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you need friends. Well, what's wrong with you? I already have friends. You know, like I, I like there's some sort of weird dynamic there, especially as adults where like, it, we just like feel like, Oh, it's like, I can't actively seek friends as an adult because for whatever reason, everyone thinks I'm supposed to have all these friends already. Mm-hmm. And Maybe, like, you can organically make friends at work. Maybe if you're, like, in a good fitness community. But I feel like everyone secretly deep down, there's, like, this weird stigma around making friends as an adult. But then whenever I get to have, like, real conversations with people, like, we're all kind of, like, a little lonely. And we mm-hmm. are, like, just, like, craving this connection. But I don't know if it it's, like, fear-driven that we're all just afraid to, like, put ourselves out there. And I think... I've at least found, and Rachel, you can elaborate to this, but like when you just like put yourself out there and show up as yourself unapologetically, like that helps to eliminate the people that aren't meant for you, which can sting though, because it's still rejection, um, which I think sometimes like we can stop right there and be like, oh, that person didn't like me, but like that person isn't on the same wavelength as you, like, bye, like there's nothing wrong with them, but like move on. They don't you know, they don't appreciate your gifts or your energy. Like that's fine, but they're not for you. But how do you keep showing up in the face of that rejection and still put yourself out there? So that way other people who are on that same energy wave as you or have that same weirdness as you or whatever it may be can see you and be like, yes, that person, I see that person. I totally get them. I can see their light, my light, whatever words you want to use match their light. Like we need to be friends. But I think a lot of times we just like stop ourselves because we're scared or we get that like first round of rejection. Or in, and like I do this all the time. I'm like, oh, but that person seemed cool, but they didn't like me. We're not best friends. What's wrong with me? I'm going to go back on my shell. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because it's like giving people the space to be where they're at too, you know, and not taking it personal. I mean, I have to practice that too. It's like, and the other thing I heard you say, which is really cool, is like being a beacon versus like 
you know, being a Sikh missile. (laughs) 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 You, you seem really cool. Come, I'm going to say, like, we're going to be friends now. And it's like, um, being that beacon allows you to be like super clear on who you are and then allowing people to show up. And it's like, then it gives other people the space to show up with you. I mean, it still takes effort, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, asking to hang out, knowing that like, okay, my initial impression of, it's almost like dating, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, my initial, you get my initial rose, my first impression (laughs) of (laughs) So let's keep talking. But you know, at any point of time, like you really don't know anything about these people and they don't know anything about you. And, you know, just knowing that it's like, it is courageous and whatever is supposed to happen will happen. And you just, you know, there's a bit of like allowing people to be where they are and starting with allowing yourself to be where you are is like a great practice. Cause then I think that allows, at least for me, that allows me to remember like, Oh yeah, this is another human being mm-hmm. and they're allowed to be wherever they are. And they're allowed to like, I don't know everything about them. And it can seem like a really benign request to me to do this thing, but maybe for them it isn't because of all of these things. Like maybe going to get sushi is very traumatic. Maybe, mm-hmm. may, I don't know, like you just don't know, you know, maybe they already, you know, maybe they're a people pleaser and they say yes to everybody and this was the first time that they were able to say no for yeah. themselves. You know, and so there's like the gamut of reasons and it's so easy, especially when you're in a new place, mm-hmm. I think to be like, it's me. <laughs> um, I don't but yeah, it in. But it is interesting. So like a, um, when I lived in Minnesota, I had really, really long curly hair and and then I shaved it all off. And um, the the interactions with people, it was a really cool unintentional experiment for me where when I had the long hair, uh, there was a certain, I showed up a certain way, like the hair represented, like I, I am socially, you know, it was like highlighted and curly and, you know, socially I felt like I fit in and I looked like a cute little girl. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I attracted a certain type of conversation and a certain energetic connection with people and certain people that vibed with that. And then when I shaved my hair all off, all of a sudden I connected to this different aspect of myself. I no longer was like facaded. I mean, I didn't have my hair and my that cute little look to go off of anymore. And so I now it was me. It was totally raw. And yet there was a courage in that. And so I, in hindsight, can see that my energy was showing up as very open and vulnerable and courageous, you know, bold. Mm -hmm. And again, that energetic vibration, that um, what I was putting out, I attracted a completely different type of person, completely different kinds of conversations. It was like I literally would go from having conversations with people about, I don't know, not that this is good or bad. It was just different, like pretty surface level stuff. And then once I shaved my head, literally, I kid you not, people were coming up to me out of nowhere and being like, talking to me about chakras and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'd never known any of that stuff before. And so I was like, what is happening? (laughs) And so it is interesting how much we influence 
you know, what we attract and Mm -hmm. your awareness of like, you know, who am I being and who do like, what kind of connections do I want to have and paying attention to that, especially in times of newness is, is kind of fun to play with. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like, I think to your point too, like not being afraid because we've been talking a lot about it um, from like the energy we're putting out too, but like also on the outside of that, like not being afraid just to, if you see someone that you're like, wow, that person looks really rad or I feel like they might have good energy, like not being afraid to approach them either. Like, and you don't necessarily have to have an outcome attached as like, oh, that person needs to be my friend. But just like starting a conversation and just like checking in and also seeing like, do our energies match? Like, and following through because I do think there's a like a level of friend when it comes to adult friendships that not only are we like weird about making them but then even when we do make them we don't necessarily prioritize them because there's so many other things out there like family commitments our career and we like forget that we used to be these humans that lived in like these tribal cultures where we always had this community to support us. And we had maybe 30, 40, 50 people, whatever in your tribe that you could tap on for different emotions, different experiences. And now I think we put a lot of pressure on like individual people in our life. Like for example, like your romantic partner, we're like, well, you need to be able to, meet all my emotional needs um actually and when I do most activities you also need to be that person that wants to do all those activities with me or close to all of them and we forget like how important it is to have our own little community of people that are like "Mm, you know what my romantic partner brings me this in my life and it's fantastic and they fill that up but like I also need friends to bring this in my life or I have friends that are the friends that I'm going to go out downtown and party with but I might also have the friends that are gonna go work out with me at work out with me at the gym or whatever it may be and we start to like dwindle down our circle of friends and then all of a sudden we're not prioritizing them so they go away and we're trying to like force very you know a small amount of people in our life to like fill up these these spaces that we want filled not to say we can't fill them up ourselves but we are connected we want to be connected but it just like puts a lot of pressure on individual people but yet we get like too nervous to prioritize friendship yeah I don't know it's It's, so interesting it is really interesting it's interesting too because oh there's just there's so much that can be impact Mm -hmm. here it's like and then I don't know it's like for me because I've lived so many places there's so many people and then with digital connections it's just like I think to your point before, when there was just that tribe, it was like, these are your people. And, you know, you, nobody was really moving away or going anywhere. So you kind of like got to know each other and this, it was what it was. And now it's like, there's so much more choice in it. And I think that can be really overwhelming. And I know for myself, like I've definitely at different times been told like, you're you're becoming distant like do do you not like me anymore or like you're not a very good friend and I know I mean it used to really hurt because I really pride myself on being like a very good friend and in some definitions you know I haven't necessarily always kept up with everybody regularly that I've ever known that really meant something to me um 
And that knowing for myself has give allowed me to give grace to other people when they have kind of, um, not, I don't want to say drifted away from me. It's just like, there's so many people, <laughs> there's so many mm-hmm. connections. And it's like, um, my partner has said to me before, you know, just like life has a life cycle. I mean, I'm putting words in his mouth right now, but this is what I heard. You know, just like life has a life cycle, so do connections. And mm-hmm. when the a connection is starting to like go its separate way, if you try to force it, it's going to actually fuck it up way more. Mm-hmm. And he also doesn't swear. So <laughs> that was totally my interpretation. Um, but it's true. And so it's like me realizing that sometimes – relationships are going to like be super connected and sometimes they're going to fall away and sometimes Mm -hmm. they're going to come back and just allowing them to have an organic nature to them. Um, it's allows me to allow other people to have that same, again, that same grace in coming and going into my life without it mean, mean, making it mean something. And if it, if it does mean something, I can trust that they will come to me and say something. Otherwise I can just allow it to be what it is. Um, so yeah. And then I love though that like you will find those adult relationships, those friendships when, when you keep having the courage to like, I'm going to just, that person seems rad. I'm going to say something, even though I don't know what will happen. I might get rejected and blah, 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 blah. You might connect with that person who just like fucking you just click. Mm -hmm. And then those friendships, all of a sudden it's like, you're not adults anymore. You get to play. It's a, I don't know. That's how I feel with you. I'm like, it's like, I don't have to be next to you. And it doesn't make you better or worse than anyone else that I'm friends with. It's just, I don't know. You get to, you are that person for me right now. And it's really fucking cool. And I'm so grateful. And, and also not, I I think we both do a really good job of not like suffocating it so much. And like, this is good. So it needs to be constant all the time. You know, we just allow it to be what it is. And I guess I want to acknowledge both of us for being able to do that in an adult relationship. Because it is like, it's hard not to hold on to it and be like, you have to be my everything. Mm-hmm. Where are you? <laughs> yes. So. Yeah, it is. I also have like a statistic, which I I hesitate to share this in one sense, but I do think it's true in some way. But they say like within like seven seconds, you know if you like someone. Now, I'm not saying that's like a good thing because sometimes that can be like judging a book by its cover. But I do think that like speaks to that energy exchange sometimes too, that like, we do a pretty, pretty good job, I think, of like sensing someone's energy and knowing if we are going to click with it. And granted that can change. It's like fluid, but I think sometimes like if you just feel that like in seven seconds, you're like, this person has good energy, like allow yourself to explore it without getting too attached to the outcome. Like it might not actually work out. Like I actually say, I feel like I'm not that good at judging people from first impression. Like I'll think someone's really cool and then later find out like they're not at all for me um but I still think it's like you know like trust your gut a little bit and you might be wrong that's fine but if you feel that energy just like just go for it I just yeah I love that non-attachment aspect too of just like it's like what they say always love people like you're loving loving for the first time mm-hmm. and so like not being 
attached. Like I will sometimes be like, oh, I really like this person. Oh my God. But what if they become like that one person that I knew when, when I was 23 and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that doesn't serve anyone. And if that's what ends up happening, you will know what to do because guess what? You're here and you got through that experience when you were 23. (laughs) It's like, slow down, show up and allow it to be whatever it becomes. Um, yeah, it's cool. Oh, this is a cool conversation. Yeah, that's why I was so excited that we're going to talk about it. There's also, I heard a really good quote, and I think this is like a really good perspective too, but they always say, well, not they always say, but I heard someone say that um, people come into your life for either a season, a reason, or a lifetime. Yeah. I know that's pretty common and there's like other ways to phrase it, but if you even approach it that way, I think it's like really cool because there are people that... Like, you have seasons of friendships. There are people that will always be in your life, you know, and just, like, stay grounded and consistent, even if they might float in and out at times. Like, they're the people that will always gravitate back towards you. But then I also think what we tend to forget is the reason people. The people that Mm -hmm. maybe come into our life, and it can even be for a, like, short amount of time, but they weren't meant to stay around, but they were meant to either teach you something or show you something about yourself or whatever it may be. And I think a lot of times we see the friendships or the people, it could also be in dating, the reason people as like these failures because they were short-lived and like they didn't work out. But I also think like that's the reason is like a lesson there that you were meant to learn that potentially, maybe not only, but that person was you know, connected to you because you needed to learn that. Yeah. I so, love that. Yeah. I've always really connected with that. Cause sometimes I look at friendships that like, if I started hanging out with someone and it was like a month or two and all of a sudden, like you're not friends anymore. And I'm like, well, what the heck? Like there's something wrong with me or like, why didn't it work out or whatever it may be. And it's like, well, actually if I like look at that, those interactions, like it sparked something in my life that probably needed to happen. And it almost even like redirected me in a place that I probably wouldn't have gone on my own. Like I needed totally. that outside force to be like, oh, oh. And then now like I'm learning something else about myself or it's like developed or changed other relationships. And normally it's for the positive, which is yeah. really cool to see rather than being like oh well they didn't like me and that was a total failure it's like well we're not really meant to be friends like they were just meant to teach me something and now time to move on I love it I needed that little um quote today so thank you you're welcome you know it's Mm -hmm. really funny speaking of uh, first impression rose I if anyone that doesn't know I'm obsessed with the bachelor franchise (laughs) and that was from a bachelor podcast Oh, it was? Eight of them. Yes. One of the Bachelor (laughs) contestants said that. Oh, my God. I love that. I know they didn't come up with it, but, you know, who said reality TV can't really directly Oh, no, dude. I I mean, you know, you got me to watch this last season, and I was just like, I was like, oh, my God, that's what this means, and what about that, and what about, you can can make it what you want it to be. No, my favorite thing ever was you setting me Marco Polo where you're like life coaching the people on The Bachelor. And I was like, this is like my two worlds coming together, my guilty pleasure of The Bachelor, and like Rachel's life coaching them and like guiding them to this better life. And I was like, my life, I'm just complete now. It's fine. I can die happy. Oh my God. That's oh great. My God. It's so funny. The uh, best. All right. <laughs> well, 
I don't know. I think this is such a good segue, just like adult connections in general Mm -hmm. to kick off our season two. Um, And like these conversations that we're going to have are going to be so fun and we're going to learn a ton. And I'm excited myself to just be inspired and feel um, other humans in the world who are kind of doing big things and feeling the humanness of it and and seeing what kind of insights and nuggets I can I can gather and what kind of love I can throw their way. So yeah. it'll be fun. It's mm-hmm. always a good opportunity to connect. See yeah. See inside someone's soul. Yeah, totally. <laughs> cool. Well, is that a wrap, Rachel? I think so. Yeah. Yay. Enjoy season two. I'm so excited. I hope you guys have as much fun as I'm sure we're going to. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> At work, we've been doing this thing. I'm going to end it here because I'm really bad at it. But we like to try to make the, the air horn noise with our mouths. Like, okay, do it. <laughs> I can't even. Every time I try it, it's so bad. It's like, I don't even know, girl. All right. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. That one? Beethoven. No. Like, you know how an air horn, when they, like, do it, like, two little short ones, it's like, burr, burr, burr. No. What? <laughs> okay, oh, I'm wait, so, yeah. I, okay, I'm, I'm trying so... to, like, channel a basketball game. <laughs> I look so bad at it that, like, they dubbed my air horn noise as Blue's Clues, like, the burr, 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 burr. <laughs> Did you know? Oh my gosh, I have another. Oh my gosh, I. This could go on forever. I have another random fact that I am just writing down right now, and I can't wait to share it. Yes. (laughs) This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or check us out on Instagram at the True North Collective underscore. Until next time.